very common uh, chant. They like to say it goes something like J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Garrett Wilson, wow, what a catch. Touchdown, Jets. That kid's amazing. There is no way. Hey, it's a part of the script. Do it again. Listen, we love you. We want it as badly as you do. We care about it as badly as you do. We're as pissed, as pissed as you are. But we're asking you, I'm asking you, stick with us, to believe in us, to start manifesting positive things, not thinking about what could go wrong oh, yeah. in 2024, and just trust. Well, Lakin Tomlinson is out of our lives for good. Him and his 49 or whatever grade he got on PFF is gone. The Jets save $8 million, not wasting any time this offseason. Some more cap casualties, restructures, and all that good stuff to free up up to $67 million of cap space. And got the NFL Combine. We heard from Joe Douglas. Robert Sala will be attending the Combine after all. It's just uh, a wonderful life here as Jet fans. And we have the whole McCall Hardman situation as well. Tons to talk about here tonight on the Jets Way podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Lorenzo, bro, it's just I'm tired, man. I really am. You know, man, another day, another Jets story. And, um, you know, for some re- for, for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 13 years, we always seem to be the talk of town. Um, and, and it's mostly for the wrong reasons or to make light of our team. Um, but, yeah, man, back to Lake and Tomlinson, like you said. Uh, it's I, I think he, he got himself a nice contract and, in my opinion, did not live up to that. Um, just a lot – you know, he played a lot of the games, but – um, just a lot of poor, poor play on his on his part. So I think that was much needed for the season and for the cap space. Yeah, look, Lake and Tomlinson, say what you want about the guy he played, but that's that's it. And him yeah, playing <laughs> may have made the team worse. And I could argue that the Jets could have went out and signed anybody off the street that could have given similar or comparable production as Lake and Tomlinson, who was being paid amongst the highest guards in the whole NFL. He was a net negative for the Jets, long story short. And Whenever you have a bad football player, regardless of how much they played or how much they make, they need to be off your football team. And if the Jets, uh, like they did, they had an out and they utilized it. And what this tells me now is, look, the Jets offensive line, you have Joe Tippman, who can either play guard or center, and you have Elijah Vera Tucker, who could play guard or tackle. I personally think what they're going to do and what this signals to me is that AVT will play left guard where he played a full season his rookie year, the position they drafted him to play, and that's it. They're going to leave him alone and go from there. So I think you're going to see AVT at left guard. And with Joe Tipman, I'm not sure. I think he can still – I think he's a better right guard than he is a center. I think the numbers last year would support that. Um, I think it just depends on what the Jets can do in free agency. I think I could argue that the guard market is better than the center market in terms of value. So perhaps playing Tipman at center – would be a smarter business decision. I wonder how that would go with Aaron Rodgers. He's a significantly inexperienced center compared to what Rodgers has played with in his time in Green Bay. But look, bro, Jets need two tackles. They need a guard slash center, and they need a backup swing tackle slash guard. They need a high-end offensive lineman. I, I don't know, you know which position, but they need a guy that they can thrust into the lineup that you're comfortable playing. They haven't found four quality offensive linemen in four years here. So we're asking them to do something in two months, not even. Yeah, two months. Yeah, March and April. 
that they haven't been able to do in four years. It, it's a pretty impossible ask, if you ask me. Yeah, bro. It's um, it's tough. It's tough because it's gonna be like you said. How many how many years has has Joe Douglas said? You know, this is my year to fix the offensive line, and I feel like it's been off season after off season after off season going back to Sam Darnold. So, like you like you mentioned, bro, I, I'm not sure how it's gonna get done. Um, there are are obviously um different avenues to to definitely um get better offensive line talent. I mean, we have the draft. There's a lot of good interior offensive guards, especially on day two. So um, so hopefully we can potentially draft one. But like you said, we also need two tackles and. You know where where are we going to go with that with that tenth pick? Yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that the the tackle situation and uh, the tenth overall pick. But I mean, just just my two cents here with the free agency period opening up in two weeks. I, I think the first call. I've been saying it pretty repetitively on here and just you know obviously and talking to you on the side and whatnot. It's got to be Michael O, dude. Like Michael Owenu from the Patriots. He's he's twenty five years old, right? Entering the prime of his career, he can play guard or tackle. He can still keep you flexible at the 10th overall pick, right? He, I don't think he can really play left tackle. If you're going to play him at the tackle spot, it'll probably be right tackle. Or he could play him at right guard and keep Tipman at center. It, it makes all the sense in the world. And if the Jets are going to land a free agent of that caliber, unfortunately, they will have to pay the Jets tax. This is not Tom Brady going to Tampa where players take a discount to come play with Brady. No. As you've seen, the reputation about the Jets is that they're still the Jets. McCole Hardman basically threw them right under the bus, and we're not doing any favors either for ourselves by even bothering looking into this. Like, if the Jets file some type of grievance with the league, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of that, dude? I mean, you traded the guy for nothing. The guy was a bad player. I get it. He caught a, a, a game-winning pass in the Super Bowl, but you or I could have caught that pass. I just don't see the need to really burn a bridge with a team like Kansas City who you could do business with in the future and just kind of look bad in front of the whole league and look like a clown show to where that's even a remote possibility. And so going back to the free agents here, they're going to have to overpay these guys. And I, look, I would be perfectly fine with overpaying an offensive lineman that's the best guy on the market and in the prime of his career if that's what we're going to have to do to, fe- to field a good enough offensive line this year. Yeah, and I mean – I think Joe Douglas has attempted to pay big offensive linemen um, or big time free agents in the past. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but the Orlando guy, Brown last year, Orlando Brown, the, um, the, 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 the Niners center they wanted last yep. year, the name's escaping me. Um, there was one other guy, uh, Joe Tooney. They tried yeah. in the past. Uh, they tried getting Brandon Scherf before in the past. He wanted to go to Jacksonville. So he has tried, but Trying ain't good enough for me this offseason. You need to get the job done. That's part of being a general manager is you need to close deals. That That's part of the job. And Joe Douglas has not necessarily done that to the best of his ability, I think, over the past four years. Yeah, I think he's been a little bit hesitant in the past to give these guys, you know, all the money that they want. And granted, I think that's a good thing. But this is the offseason where, again, like you said, trying just isn't good enough. And I think even hearing um Woody Johnson talk like it sounds like this is an off season where you know we're going all in all cards on the table so hopefully hopefully we see that yeah he said offense 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 and look with with signaling cutting Tomlinson you're you're dude you're you're filling an extra hole for yourself yeah. so I think that that does tell me that some wholesale changes are coming on the offensive line my two cents about the whole thing if I ran the team and well, I'll run this idea by you right now 
what I would do is I would sign David Bakhtiari. I want Bakhtiari here. It's not like, oh, we have to live with it. I don't, no, no, no. It, listen, I think Bakhtiari's worth it. I think he'll get a one-year deal, right? I don't think it'll be too expensive. The guy's getting $40 million from the Green Bay Packers. They owe him $40 million. If they cut him, they save half of that. So money won't be much of an issue with Bakhtiari. He'll want to come play with Rodgers. And look, if David Bakhtiari is healthy for the Jets this year, he's better than anything we could do at left tackle. David Bakhtiari is one of the best in the business. Now, can he still move around the way he used to after all those knee surgeries? I'm not sure, but I do know that even after the first knee surgery that he had before he missed even more time, he was still one of the best left tackles in all football before he got hurt again. So take that for what you will. You would think maybe the year off, maybe finally getting that knee reconstructed, maybe that gave him a little bit of a second wind of his career. I don't know. I'm willing to find out, though. Sign David Bakhtiari. I would sign a premium insurance plan. I know a lot of Jet fans have their gripes with Donovan Smith, but my thing that I would tell Jet fans is Donovan Smith would have been our best left tackle since the Brickashaw Ferguson retired. That's how bad it's been at left tackles. And if you're telling me that's your ins insurance plan for David Bakhtiari, it could be a lot worse. And of course, I would sign Michael Wenu and play him at right tackle. And that eliminates the whole, we need to reach on a tackle at 10th overall. If Olu Fashanu falls to you at 10, you could still take him. That's great. I, I'm definitely on board with that. But if Olu Fashanu and Joe Alt, who I, Alt's going to be long gone before the Jets pick at 10, <laughs> if they're not there, at a oh, good thing we won that commander game and that Patriot game, by the way. Um, if those guys are not there at 10th overall, you need to take Brock Bowers. He's the best playmaker on the board probably at that point. If the Chargers pass on him at five, which... I've heard from, you know, I'm not trying to play reporter here, but I, somebody told me that he's not really in, in much of play for the Chargers right now at five. Obviously, that could change with the uh, combine coming up. I think the combine is going to be absolutely huge for Bowers. So he needs to run. I mean, if Bowers runs like a four, six and he measures in at like six, two, he's he's not going in the top 15. I don't think I, I think that's going to kill his draft stock, but if he shows up, he measures in at like 6'3", 6 6'4", 6 and he runs like a 4'5", 5, 5, 40. Bowers is a top 10 guy. I think Bowers could still go to the Chargers. I mean, that's right now, dude. You know how, how things can yeah. change. But if he gets past that pick at 5, I do not foresee any team before the Jets at 10 taking Brock Bowers. And to me, that's going to be the best playmaker on the board. I don't think Malik Neighbors is going to be there. Obviously, Marvin Harrison's not going to be there. And I don't think Roma Dunze is going to be there for the Jets at 10. Bowers, best offensive player at 10. I want him over Fuaga. By the way, the combine is going to be huge for Fuaga too because they critique the arm length and the athleticism. So if this guy comes in with the short arms and he's not really acing it on the three-cone drill or the shuttle, anything like that, and he, he just doesn't have a great combine, he's going to fall in the draft. And maybe he's off. The, hopefully that happens because I'm not really the biggest fan of Fuaga. Um, so Bowers at 10 for me needs to be the pick. And if you'd make those moves on the offensive line that I just outlined for you, I think that's a suitable plan right there moving forward. Yeah. I, I actually, I like that plan a lot because not only are you basically locking down your tackles, you know, if that happens, you're getting three. Um, There's an opportunity to draft interior offensive line in which you can do um, and produce NFL quality starters um, on day two and day three. So I think that's what I would, I would do as well. Um, I just think that it opens up a lot of options at 10. Um, again, I would love Bowers. I don't, you know, who knows if he's going to be there, but it seems like it's very likely at this point. But if not, then that means an, an, a wide receiver 
could could um could be available to draft as well. Yeah, I think Bowers or Adunze might be there at ten, and I would definitely consider Adunze uh, yeah. if he is there. But look, just getting back to the whole o line, I, I you're right. You can draft interior. I mean, dude, look at this is what I try to tell people all the time, and you don't need to take offensive linemen on a yearly basis in the first round, right? If you look, go look at all the free agents that are out there right now. All the best ones, you know where they were drafted? After the first round. I mean, we're talking about Michael Wenu right now. You know what round he was drafted in? The sixth round. Trent Brown, you know what round he was drafted in? The seventh round. David Bakhtiari, you know what round he was drafted in? The fourth round. You know where David Bakhtiari's replacement was drafted in Green Bay? That's their left tackle right now? The seventh round. It's it's possible, folks, to find the quality offensive linemen that are beyond the first round, believe it or not. And if the player that you like is not there and you like a skill position player more than that tackle, you need to take the skill position player. And you can't tell me that's not going to help an offense that was historically awful last year that could not get first downs. Forget they scored like nine touchdowns last year. You're trying to tell me that a playmaking tight end would not help the offense. Get the quick passing game going. You know what else the quick passing game does? It helps your offensive line because they don't need to block for long. They get into a rhythm. Gets less guys hurt because they're not blocking for so long. Imagine that. I also think part of the injury concern, the injury problems that we've had in the past is because we have a quarterback back there that has no idea what the hell they're doing, and they're blocking for God knows how long, and that leads to injuries. That's a lot of wear and tear on the body. You ever think of that? So there's a lot to consider here. It's not as easy as, oh, just take a tackle at 10 and the, the offensive line is magically fixed. No, it, it needs to be the correct player. I've given you the two guys that I would want at 10 over Bowers that are tackles. I don't like Falaga. I think it's a crapshoot with J.C. Latham. I mean, the guy's like 360 pounds. We've we've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marius Mims is another guy. He's like 360 pounds. Uh, Ty, Tyler Guyton, I mean, he was an inexperienced right tackle. He's a right tackle only guy. So th- this is what I'm trying to tell folks. They're just they're not getting the the message here that you do not need to take a tackle at 10 if it's not if it doesn't make sense. And on that on that same wavelength I guess like what are your thoughts? I feel like this guy's getting his name mentioned a lot as Carter Warren. Obviously yep. he was a fourth rounder last year. You know, what are your thoughts on him? Do you think that's a plan or he's like a plan C kind of thing? Yeah. No, look, I I think that's a very fair point. Um with Carter Warren he would, in my scenario, he'd be like our fourth tackle. I think that would be very good because if you don't think David Bakhtiari is going to last, and let's say we get to training camp and Carter Warren looks better than like Donovan Smith, who I would sign, or whoever else you would sign as your swing tackle, because I don't know if they're going to bank on him to be their swing tackle. They might, but they eventually have to start hitting on these picks on day three of the draft, right? Eventually, they have to start doing that if they want to be a sustainable winner. And if they want to develop him in a swing tackle role, I think. You can't sell me on this being an all-in season if you're telling me Carter Warren is an opening day starter on the offensive line. I don't care how much you want to develop the kid. You, you can't sell me on that. That That's not good enough because that could backfire in your face and you could look dumb for ignoring the offensive line. I'm not saying ignore the offensive line. Just I, I, there are scenarios at the 10th pick where I wouldn't take a tackle. But yeah, Carter Warren, look, if Carter Warren could develop for this team to even just be quality depth, right? A guy that you can play and the, the game's not ruined because... You know, you have like Dennis Kelly blocking for some some guy like that playing tackle. What are the characters we've had? Um, sure, that's good, and that would be a good pick. But to to bank on him to be a starter would just be irresponsible, in my opinion. 
No, I, I definitely agree. In my opinion, he's more of like, like you said, the the fourth option. And and Lord knows we, we've been through a lot of tackle injuries, especially in the past couple of years. So it's good to have guys like that. Um, I mean, I think he had his moments last year, but like you said, this this is the season where that's not cutting it. And and we've we've gone through so many O-line changes and O-line pairings that have just not worked where like this needs to be the season where that changes. Yeah. Look, if he's premium depth, I'm I'm good with that. But day one starter, God no. But yeah, like dude, there are other guys on this free agent market, right? Like I I think the Jets are a, a very good chance of signing Matt Hennessy, who they like. I mean, we talked about this, right? They liked him in the draft. His brother's the long snapper. He's from Nyack, New York. He's going to be cheap, right? He missed all last year. He's got a little bit of a knee problem, of course, and he fit right in with this. But <laughs> but. That's the type of guy that they can land, and that's the type of guy that would want to come and play for the Jets. And again, there are other rounds in this draft, bro. You know, in case you didn't know, the Jets have other picks outside of the first round. They can still address the offensive line with those picks. Color me crazy. Maybe they can find one in those rounds. You know who I kind of want? Well, for my offensive line for this season, I kind of want to entertain the idea of Titman being the right guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd probably sign a center. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. I remember we liked him in the draft a couple years ago. Oh, they drafted Zuniga over him. Mm-hmm. Oh, how could I forget? Cushenberry's going to get a lot of money, though. True. That's, but... but but I agree with you. If you strike out on Wenu and you go and get me Cushenberry, okay, that's good. That's good. The offensive line improves. So I hear you. So that's, that's probably where I'm at right now. And then obviously signing two tackles. I think Donovan Smith. Um, is definitely an option. Even on the interior, like a Robert Hunt, I don't know if the Jets are going to be willing to get him, but he's another he's, one that could get a lot yeah, of money. He might get a lot of money, but listen, man, I, I'm just I'm not gonna get talented. Ru- Runyon's a good idea. I mean, he was a <laughs> yeah. former Packer, played with Rodgers and Hackett. He's he's not going to be overly expensive. There are guys on the interior. There there are free agent offensive linemen, particularly on the interior. And I want Zach. Z- oh my God, dude! If Zach Zenter is there for the Jets on in that third round pick, that seventy two overall, got to sprint the card up there, man. That guy's going to be a stud. If he didn't break his leg, dude, he would have been a second round pick without hesitation. Would have so been the best guard in the draft. There, there are definitely options for us to improve. We just have to pay pay people their money, and hopefully the 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 draft picks work. But yeah. Did you, did you hear of anything Douglas said today? Or it's it's pretty much the same thing every single time the guy's on a podium. Just, I was kind of just on Twitter looking at some of his quotes. Yeah. yeah, just to recap it for you, AVT, they don't know about the fifth-year option, but he's rehabbing nicely, and they're going to pick one spot for him, and he's not going to move around the offensive line. Um, Zach Wilson, given permission to seek a trade, I'm sure teams are just barging down the Jets' door after the owner came out and publicly said that the guy couldn't play. So... I mean, g- goodbye to whatever value you had of him. Uh, jo- Robert Sala will be at the Combine on Saturday, and originally it was reported that Sala was not going to attend the Combine. But look, man, this just plays into the whole narrative of Woody hears the outside noise. You're trying to tell me that Woody Johnson didn't hear the criticism of Sala not going to the Combine and didn't get on the phone and said, hey, coach, uh, what the hell are you doing that's so important that you can't go to this? Did you see the season we just had? These are what the people are saying. Get down there right now. So, do you think that's crazy or far fetched? Because I don't. With the Jets stories this all season, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there was that in the combine. 
there was uh, you need to fix the offensive line. Got to get explosive playmakers. We got to recycle those ones. Uh, respect is uh, earned and not given, alluding to Deion Dawkins. Oh, God, I loved every second of that because he's right. I mean, look, he he Jet fans, you got to stop with the whole, oh, this guy and that guy. Eventually, you got to start looking at the team you root for and go, we are an absolute circus and clown show and bottom of the barrel. I really the Jets are not considered whether you love the team. We we love the Jets, but in league circles, the Jets are not viewed as a real NFL franchise. I know that's a very harsh reality, but that's the perception of them out there on the league around the league. And look, when we had Rex Ryan as the head coach, that was the best thing that Rex brought to the table. Maybe he lost a little bit of his luster towards the end and and we kind of started to resort back to the norm but when he first got here it was unacceptable to be the punchline joke around the entire nfl he would not tolerate that and that's something that robert sala has not been able to grasp remember he goes well judge us don't judge us on our past judge us on what we do moving forward really coach you haven't had a winning season since you said that so i don't want to hear that either and and i'm telling you bro rex came here and he goes no no no, this is not going to fly and that, that that's where Salah really failed from the get go, from the jump, man. Rex Rex was like that from the front, from, from the front, and yeah, man. Um, I, the one thing I want to point out, um, I did see Joe Douglas that he was talking about, um, talking with uh, Bryce Huff's agent. He's yep. not coming back. <laughs> he's gone. He, he is not coming. He's gone. Back. He's gone. He is very gone. They're not franchise tagging him. The productive conversations. I think that's just the guy. It's not even really so much about the money, man. I think that guy just doesn't want to be part of this solid rotational pass rusher uh, situation that he has going on here. He's gone. And if you're the Jets, how is he not expendable? If you're if you're telling me if you're the Jets that you want to pay this guy what he wants, you just drafted a kid last year, 15th overall. He played the fewest amount of snaps than Vernon Golston, the, one of the biggest busts in a franchise that has mastered the first-round bust. He played fewer snaps than that guy. He played the fewest snaps around the whole league of the first-round picks. You're telling me that you don't want to get that guy in the field more? Hmm. If you want to sign Bryce Huff back, how are you getting him on the field more? You're telling us as a fan base that, yeah, this pick that we made, huh, we don't really love it so much. Because where, where are the reps coming from if Huff's back here? Do you, do you know? I don't. I, I do not, especially if they, if they bring back JFM <laughs> and it's and but JFM though, back. yeah, but dude, but Huff though plays that wide nine in the solid front that McDonald was drafted to play. Like Bryce, uh, JFM, like guys like JFM, Solomon Thomas, Michael Clemens, they don't apply so much to Will McDonald because those guys play more in the interior of the defensive line. That kid ain't playing on the interior of the defensive line. That kid needs to add like thirty pounds of sheer muscle. I don't know what he's doing this offseason, but if it's not if it does not pertain to adding muscle, I, I I don't know what he's doing. I mean, whoever is advising him should be fired because that kid cannot play at his current weight. The Jets told you that last year when they deactivated him for a game because they, they couldn't play him against the run. So, look, man, bringing Huff back, you're telling us that this McDonald thing is not going to work. That That's just how I look at it as a fan. I agree. I just don't think Huff wants to come back, especially if the Jets aren't going to pay him the most amount of money. And it seems like, I mean, and, and he's definitely earned it as well. Don't get me wrong, but it seemed like he, he wants to go to a team where he's going to get more, more snap percentage and a better contract. Um, and that's what he deserves. But back to, back to McDonald. It's, it honestly sounds like the Jets 
I mean, from these reports that are coming out, that they're very interested to see how he comes out next year. And they expect to see the, the jump that um, Jermaine Johnson had. So, again, like you said, how is that going to come if if we're drafting, I mean, drafting, if we're signing um, Bryce Huff? Can you imagine if they lose Bryce Huff and they sign an edge, if they draft an edge rusher at 10? Would that be just, no. the, yeah. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> More pass rushers. <laughs> nah, that, that, that would not happen. But I feel like the draft this year, is, there's, Joe Douglas has something up his sleeve. Um, whether it's Bowers, whether it's a trade up, I think um, an aggressive move is going to be made. Yeah, well, g- dude, you're right. Some of these reports coming out about the Jets. Have you seen what some of our former friends have been saying? You just Adrian Amos tweeted not too long ago. Did you see this? No, no I did not. So he tweeted, "You see why some organizations are consistently bad and some are consistently good." Oh God. That's in, I mean, what a coincidence the day with the whole Nicole Hardman thing and, you know, how he didn't want to return punts and uh, this and that. And some of the Jet players were like, oh, he leaked our offensive game plan to the Georgia alum on the Eagles. I mean, they they, they look dumbed here, dude. Just just move on. All right. He's a bit. Look, let me let me make this very easy for the folks at home. All right. Bad player, bad coaching staff, bad organization. Who cares? Move on. That's it. There, there, there's no stock to pay in any of this. Like, there's not. And, and Adrian Amos, like, yeah, dude, you weren't any good either. Like, who cares what you say? Like, if, if you know, like, let's, if, like, maybe Sauce or Garrett left the team and they wanted out of here, okay, maybe I'm going to take what they say <laughs> into account. But scrub players that couldn't beat out Xavier Gibson, who is lucky to be on the 53-man roster, I'm sorry, your opinion is not very warranted here in my eyes. That's that's very fair, and that's pretty much what uh your boy Thomas Moore said. What he yeah, said. Morstead. <laughs> Mor- Mor- Morstead's gonna. Morstead's a free agent, dude. He's getting his jersey put in the rafters. Like <laughs> he's changing his jersey number this year. Maybe they'll maybe they'll introduce him out of the tunnel again during the, the intros. He's the first man out the tunnel, bro. Like <laughs> that that guy is coming back to this team. Trust trust me on that. Um, yeah, and Greg Zerline too. They got to bring back. We 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 finally get a good special teams or or at least kicking and punting unit. It did <laughs> let's, us in. Let's, it did let's, us in. Yeah, it did on. us in, dude. Those two guys probably won us like two games this year. Yeah, <laughs> they really Morstead won us the giant game essentially, and Greg Zerline won us the commander game with that fifty-four yard game-winning field goal with the bummed hamstring. I, you think if we really needed that game, he would have made it? I mean, I know last year when we played the Lions, when he was setting up to kick oh. the game winner. He, he didn't even hit the freaking crossbar. Oh man, that was a that was a painful day. That was a painful memory. But like, dude, these reports about the Jets, bro. It's like, what free agent that's worth anything is coming here unless we grossly overpay them? I think that's a fair uh, takeaway from all this. Like, this is a fraternity in the NFL. These players talk to each other. These agents talk to other players. They rep other players, right? Like, you don't think and like I don't know who the hell McCall Hardman's agent is though. You think that that agent doesn't represent a single free agent that's out there this offseason? What if the Jets call that guy and want him? What do you think his agent's going to say? Oh, dude, McColl was just here, and he just said it was awesome. It was like a country club over there. Like, you should go there. This is a real winning franchise that does things the right way. No, he's going to say, look, my other client just said they were horrible and incompetent last year. We're going to stay away from them. Like, we're going we're to talk to other teams here. We, we don't want to go play for this team. Hey, it's it sounds funny, but it's actually very, very accurate and very true. So like that those are those are good good points being brought up. 
And um, yeah, that's why we had to pay the uh, the the Jets tax. So we did it with uh, C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell. It's something that we're used to at this point. Anthony Barr, you know, even even that wasn't yeah, like, like, true. true and, and Anthony Barr was like, "What the hell am I doing with my life coming here?" <laughs> Nicole Hardman, <laughs> that's just oh god, the pain, the pain. Uh, and then Salah. Dude, it's like what day? What what's this? What's next? What what embarrassment? Is Dalvin Cook doing an interview anytime soon? Is he doing a tell all? Can we can we get to can we get to March? Like, yeah. Well, it's a week from Monday is the start of the legal tampering period, which I'm sure there's no tampering going on in the NFL, right? I'm sure no. I'm sure everybody's really following those rules, even though they're at the combine talking to agents about draft prospects. I'm sure there's been no conversations about prospective free agents, right? Yeah. But yeah, for real though, what what's next? Is when's the Dalvin Cook tell all on right? Like I'm waiting for Alan Alan Lazard to get cut or something. At least e- either this offseason or next off offseason, just <laughs> oh. <laughs> have stories. <laughs> or dude, and if this year goes bad, you don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna say a oh, single yeah. bad word? <laughs> He's got a did you see that Aaron Rodgers is a book coming out? No, I did not. It, it's being written by uh that guy, Ian O'Connor. I don't oh. know where he's working right now. I mean, pretty story. I mean, he wrote a really good book about, I, I think it was Tom Brady. I mean, that that's a pretty renowned author, journalist, whatever, four-time. I have it right here. Four-time New York Times bestselling author of five books, um, upcoming bio of Aaron Rodgers, pre-order here. I might actually read that book. I'm not going to lie. Um, the last book that I I read, I, I read certain sports biographies. I think the last good one that I read was probably the Mickey Mantle book. Um I read Rex Ryan's. That was really good too. Um, I read Joe Torrey's. That was eh. all all great, all good. Good managers, good people in sports. Mickey Mantle, that's a it's, good one. Do you do you, do you know the title of this autobiography? Uh, take a guess of what the title is of this biography about I'm, Rogers. I'm afraid. In the dark. Close. Ooh, out the dark? No, some close, close, <laughs> very close. You're getting warmer. All right, just tell me. <laughs> out of the darkness, the oh, mystery of okay. Aaron Rodgers. It was Belichick. He wrote a book about. It. I knew it was about either Brady or Belichick. Aaron Rodgers, the book coming out. Okay, might have to, might have to tune in. Yeah, we're gonna have to tune in. Maybe there's the tell all of how of how last year was with Salah. <laughs> But yeah, you're right though. When Alan Lazard is one day off this team, I am looking <laughs> forward to seeing what he says. More so about I. Here's the thing, and and this is another gripe that I have here. I, I obviously we have our friend Al Ianazone on from Newsday, right? Love Al. We've had other members of the Jets beat on here. I need to ask. I, I think this is a fair question as a fan. They just talked to Joe Douglas, right? Two gripes that I have here, right? Tell me if I'm being unfair. Number one. Remember all throughout the year that Robert Sala kept on telling them that's a Joe D question. That's that's not for me. Well, where the hell were those when Joe D was talking today? Number one. Number two, not one person asked him about that athletic article. Like not one person could have said, I mean, Rosenblatt, for instance, you wrote the damn article. You couldn't go, hey, Joe. Like, what'd you think of this article? Oh, no, I'm sure Zach would next that, but like <laughs> not one person asked this guy about that very damning piece of journalism that had quote unquote 30 sources. Nobody asked about that. Are That's you kidding me? That is a good point. I mean, 
Had it, n- not one mention. Does he have other? I feel like he might have another interview at some point coming. He, up. he speaks not... again before the draft, but now's the time though. Like yeah. it, the story was just however many weeks ago. I mean, may, well, Salah's not going to talk. I mean, that's very strategic, right? He's going to the combine, <laughs> but he ain't talking to nobody. He's mm-hmm. going on Saturday and Sunday. That's what I'm saying. They might. They would probably like potentially ask Salah that and not and not. Yeah. Joe- if they do not ask Robert Sala this, bro, I- I'm sorry. That's that's very weak. That you're just basically admitting that you're giving the guy softball question after softball question. Because good God, I mean, come on, not one mention of it, it blows my mind, bro. I think I think that's fair. I don't think you're being and, unfair. But but here's the other thing too. Here, how come the media? We're, we're talking about Alan Lazard. How come nobody asked him about his soccer ball at practice? Like you think maybe sure. one person would go, "Hey, Alan." the soccer ball video what what's up with the soccer at practice like how is that helping you prepare for the game like is that some type of sports psychology method take us inside your soccer regiment at practice and i'm curious to hear what he says i mean that's a fair question (laughs) i'm dying to know (laughs) yeah dude if i was the coach of that team right if they hired me tomorrow to replace Ali, you know what i would do if I saw Alan Lazard kicking that soccer ball around, I would take that soccer ball and stick a freaking pin right through it and throw it away. <laughs> I mean, this guy is getting paid $12 million a year to do nothing. And he's out here having a horrible season, can't get open, can't catch the ball, is a walking holding penalty, worse than a zero, a negative out there, and he's playing with the soccer ball. And the coach doesn't see an issue with it. Uh, like, What? Maybe that's what McCole Harmon was talking about when he said, you know, guys are just doing things their own way here. And yeah, <laughs> but, but Lazard might, uh, but dude, he was, the, remember after those games though, Lazard would be like, yeah, we're getting out schemed out there. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he was just like, Hey, <laughs> it's the, it's the coaching. <laughs> yep. And don't worry though. Salah said that he only has another year and a half left after a game. He said, yeah, he's going to be here for another year and a half. Um, I'm sorry. I last I remember he signed a four year contract. <laughs> like, so you're admitting you're cutting him after a year and a half. They told him, you know, just start saying that's Joe D's kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, he actually tried playing GM towards like the end of the year because he said that, and then he mentioned the decision into getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Like, I'm sorry, I thought Joe Douglas is in charge yeah, of cutting the players. He he picks and chooses when when that answer is convenient for him. You Doug, my last little thing here on Douglas is I what I took away from that press conference was, look, man, we're screwed. We have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron's our only hope. Like, that's basically what he was telling the people today. I mean, I feel like everyone knows that, or everyone has alluded to that at some point, either last year or this uh, this year upcoming. Like, people just expect to, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back. Well, you know, that's why we sucked last year. It's like, yeah, granted, we didn't have a quarterback, but there were a lot of other issues on this team, and there's still a lot of issues on this team. So yeah. that, we, that, that we haven't even addressed yet, starting with the coaching staff. So... We shall see. You're 100% right, because last year in the offseason, it's like, oh, we got Rodgers. That's it. No other work needs to be done. We can fool around in this draft and take situational pass rushers with our first round pick, right? Like, oh, we'll take this developmental guy. We'll take that developmental guy. No, no, no. We we don't need to sign. We, we, we wanted to sign Odell Beckham Jr., but oh, no, we love our wide receiver room. No need to go get DeAndre Hopkins. We're just going to go overpay Dalvin Cook when we have Brees Hall, Michael. We said we loved our running back room, too, right? And then you go out there and get Dalvin Cook. This is what I'm talking about. It was not an all-in pursuit last offseason. This must be all-in pursuit. And like starting guys like Carter Warren might be a nice guy, might turn into a good player, but that's not an all-in offseason for me. It's not. 
and you know taking tackles at 10 overall if you address that correctly in the free agency period there he may not be able to get onto the football field right like if david bakhtiari is healthy if you pay my go those guys are playing where the hell is the tackle playing you, you see what i'm saying here this must be an all-in pursuit and whoever you take with that 10th overall pick is to be penciled in as a starter before he even gets his freaking hat and jersey from the commissioner that's what I want to see this offseason. It's not a lot to ask for with your job on the line. I agree, man. And, I, you know, going back to last year as well, even with our draft picks and um, who we signed, I was I was in, in the mindset of, you know what, like, we have Aaron Rodgers. Like, we took care of our, our biggest hole. But seeing how, la- you know, how last year happened, I was like, listen, man, we we, <laughs> we need more. We need more bad and um it starts it starts with with the offensive line like you said and like we mentioned before but yeah we need we need guys that can pl- step in and play immediately yeah well the zach wilson uh tell all too might be something when he gets traded wow. i'm, I'm that's, yeah <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, i can't yeah. wait there maybe the denzel mims one too will be another good one when when he's all said and done zach wilson and, and darnold will have a tell all yeah that's what i'm saying but that'll do it for tonight's episode of the Jetsway Podcast. Next week, we're, we're in talks with our good buddy, Connor Livesey, to recap the NFL Combine. We'll talk some prospects. We'll obviously have Connor back on, as we usually do uh, every year, before the draft, going over the draft guide. But I, after the Combine last year, we we, we used to have Connor uh, around this time, I would say. Last year, we didn't because of the whole Rodgers thing. Um, but this year we'll, we'll get him on uh, a little bit more this off season, but we'll have him next week. Talk these draft prospects. I will for sure be asking about Brock Bowers and, uh, Fawaga, all these other guys that are linked to the Jets. So make sure you tune in. Also, please make sure you leave that five-star review, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you on the next one. As always go Jets.